Welcome to the Food Freedom Habit Podcast, where you can find freedom from food crazies using nothing but your own brain. With me, Lydia, the Lifestyle Coach. Would you like permanent food and body peace without tracking one trigger or calorie? Whether you're dealing with overeating, binge eating, bulimia, food obsession, body hate, or the endless diet cycle, we do all this without delving into past trauma, starting yet another food plan, or monitoring every meal. Live a free life aligned with your health and values. If you're ready for something real, you're in the right place. All episodes are 100% free, so please subscribe to and review our podcast. Hello, this is Lydia, the lifestyle coach, helping people to not have eating disorders anymore and to finally have peace with food. And I'm so excited for the incredible woman that you guys get to meet today. She has had an amazing journey, you know, being in this cycle for so long and is now completely free and, you know, on, on the journey, like, you know, freedom is a skill that we continue to practice. And so she's such a beautiful example of that and just an amazing human. So I'm really really excited for you guys to get to know her and to just glean just the inspiration and insight from her story. So let's bring her on the show. Mary Beth, I'm so happy you're here today. Hello, welcome. Thank you so much. So I am just thrilled that you are getting to share your story, that you have such an amazing story to share. There's so many cool things that I know that we want to go into, but just give us a little bit of, of background, like tell us a little bit about you and then, you know, tell us where you were at sort of before, like what's your, what's your story with your relationship with food? Yeah. So, um, I'm, uh, 32 years old, uh, single. Um, I have a bachelor's, um, I do, I'm nursing and work in surgery and I did a lot of, um, travel contracts, um, around the country. Um, but my, um, disorder relationship with food, my eating disorder started, um, probably when I was in about fifth or sixth grade, you know, when you go through puberty, um, and I thought, you know, those were the first inklings where I, um, thought I was fat. And, um, another thing for me is, um, you know, my dad has a binge eating disorder and, um, uh, my grandmother is actually anorexic to this day. It's, it's actually very sad. But, um, so, uh, I think in throughout high school, I remember, um, having, you know, always wanting to be thinner. I would have like a slim fast bar and an apple for lunch at school and then just come home and like start. I remember binging first in high school, you know, like standing up. Um, like I would eat cans of soup, like not even cooked. Like when I got home because I was just starving, you know? Um, and then when I went to college, um, I, it wasn't as um, relevant, which was wonderful. I was really engaged socially with people. Um, and I didn't have, uh, I don't remember binging extensively. Um, and then when I started into my career, um, I always wanted to be thinner. And, um, I think the exercising started to get, um, into that because I definitely used exercise as my tool of purging. Um, and so a couple years later, after I started my career, um, I actually had gotten, um, a DUI, um, which really led to a lot of isolation, um, in my job. And I would just, you know, want to be thinner. That drive was really strong and I would work out, um, a lot. Um, and I think the lowest point that I had is, um, for a few years, um, I was so fatigued because I was so thin. Um, all I could do is work out and work, 
like that was it, you know? So isolation socially, I was traveling around the country. So I was physically alone as well. Um, and yeah, that's what it was like before. It was not fun. Yeah. So it sounds like your life is really to a place where you did two things, right? Like you worked because you got to work and then you worked out because that was just like, it was just the isolation, just sort of like Groundhog Day was sort of this misery of being in the cycle of just, you know, wanting to restrict and just how did that emotionally feel to like be, be so isolated and to really have your life kind of turn into these two things? Yeah. So, um, it, my life, like emotionally, it would just, um, I would just lay on the couch and watch TV. And, um, I just remember crying like at random times and, you know, I was like, can't live like this anymore, you know, not being able just, I mean, I would talk on the phone with people, but, um, it was weird. I, I would just randomly cry or I would just be so numbed and zoned out all the time that I wasn't feeling. Yeah. Absolutely. And how, how long would you say that, I know this started early on. So how many years are you struggling with this before like we found each other? Yeah. So I, um, well, I think when like you're in fourth or fifth grade, I think it was like 10 or 11. Um, and I'm 32 now. And, um, in 2014, so about three, three and a half years ago is when I first, um, sought help like, you know, from counselors. Um, and then I went through like a realm of different things, um, before I found you at like, um, towards the end of 2017. Yeah. So with, with this impacting your life so much, and it sounds like this was something that you did start seeking help for, like one, what, what made it at a point for you where you were ready to start seeking help? And two, tell us a little bit about like, like, what did you try, Mary Beth, to, to try to be done with your eating disorder? Yeah. So um, the first, when I started to recognize that my life was miserable and I could not live like this, and um, actually one of my driving points was I thought I was going to hell because I was like, this is not, this is not um, using life in the way that it was meant to be is just to you know, be on the couch fatigued so badly. Um, and my mom had had made several comments. Um, and it just, I moved back home and I went to see a counselor. And I remember, um, you know, intensely crying that first counseling session. Um, so when we talk about stuff that I had tried, um, I went to counseling for about three years. Um, but I would still have the restrict binge cycle. So I would still be binging um, and I would still be over exercising. Um, and then um, I had gone to OA. Um, I had gone for like almost a year. And actually the first time I talked to you was when I was in OA. Um, and then uh, I have tried, I went through some different other programs. I, I actually did another program uh, and just different groups. I went to eating disorder recovery groups. I tried um, numerous things with that, which were, um, you know, financially um, taking up a lot. Uh, but then also they just weren't fixing the binging issue. Yeah. So it sounds like the, with the things that you did, like nothing, nothing ended the cycle, like throughout all that you were still in that same cycle. Is that right? 
Right, right. And I had um, put on weight to be at a healthier level, um, but I had never, um, you know, gotten to a point where my body was functioning or that I was not still having binges. Yeah. And what was this just doing to you just physically? Like, what were the effects of being in this cycle all the time? And just, I mean, I know that emotional emotions, you know, have an impact on our physical life as well. So like physically, what was happening for you, Mary Beth? Yeah. Um, something that I didn't realize at the time, you know, when you're in the cycle is how poorly my brain was functioning. I would have constant racing thoughts, um, and was not able to focus. And I would also have trouble sleeping. Um, in February of 2010, um, I quit having a period, um, like nothing. Um, it went from pretty regular to nothing. And, you know, the first few years it didn't, really worry about it. It was kind of nice. And then, um, as the years went on, I, you know, I would go to the doctor, but I, I just to make sure that I didn't have cancer, you know, but I would lie to them because I was so ashamed about it. Um, and I didn't want to be tested for a whole bunch of things. Um, so like I said, physically and mentally, I think um, it was affecting me a lot. And what's interesting is, you know, when people comment about how thin you are, it, it even drives the eating disorder up because it was like, I would take those compliments, even though I was really, really struggling, which is so sad that I would get complimented about that. Yeah. I'm really glad that you bring that up. I think that's a really important thing for people to have awareness of, of when we comment on women's bodies, no matter if it's, you know, like whatever the comment is, right? Like commenting so much on women's bodies and offering so much praise or, you know, saying so much disappointment toward that is something that really impacts just our, our lives, you know? So I think it's really important for us to just know the harm that we can do by complimenting and praising the things that a lot of times there's so much misery behind to maintain so I'm really glad that you brought that up. Like for you in that state, what do you feel like was the hardest part of having an eating disorder? Um, I think, well, first of all, not having an identity besides that. Mm. Um, my whole life was about, you know, like eating right um, or exercising or being, you know, the health girl. And I didn't know other things that I liked really. And I was a very good at just kind of like faking it. Um, and just a lot of shame about it, you know, um, not being able to talk about it with people, not knowing really where to seek help or, and not getting the help that was needed, um, to fix the problem with binge eating and also to have like that self-worth as a woman. Um, because obviously, um, I remember people saying to me all the time, oh, you're so thin, you look so great. And I'm like, I have a full-blown eating disorder, you know, but this is my identity. So it, it was what it was. I wasn't, for a long time, I just thought that that was me and I didn't um, see a lot of other options of who I could create my identity in. Yeah. And it's so amazing how it keeps us from getting to know ourselves because it takes up so much, even just mental energy, you know, and time. And, you know, just like you said, like not having an identity outside of that, like it really stunts us from getting in touch with who we are. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things in life is like getting in touch with who we are. So 
yeah. What, anything else for you, Mary Beth, just sort of like on, on that side of things, like when you still had an eating disorder, like anything about that that you wanted to share that is part of your story? Um, I think also like it definitely stunned me in growth with like dating guys. Um, I didn't, and, um, I think, or, and even in general relationships, um, having eating disorder wants to isolate you. So I kept everybody at a distance and I, um, you know, I missed out on a lot. Um, I'm, you know, I was so fatigued all the time, even though I was going to these great places, I could do a few activities, but I couldn't do what I wanted to do. And then relationship wise, um, with friends or, you know, dating, um, I was so scared. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily cause I would think they would find out, but, um, I think I just wasn't interested, you know, because I was just so absorbed with just being thinner, 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 even though it was not creating happiness. Yeah, I totally get that. I remember like how much importance I used to place on food. Like food was like the most exciting thing in the world. Like nothing in the world sounded better or more fun. Like not being with my daughter, not being with, you know, the people that I love. It was just like, nothing's quite as amazing as like eating food. right? So like when you get away from that, when like when you sort of get interest back in the things that are really important to you, it's amazing when food just has its place and it doesn't have all this like driven up heightened value, how different life is. So yeah, that's a great thing to bring awareness to. And you have an amazing story. And I, I know like there's a lot that we miss out on and I'm so proud of you for like continuing to search, like continuing to look to continue to have hope. Like a lot of times that's what it comes down to is like, having the willingness to continue to have hope so you can find the thing that works. So like when we, when we first got connected at, at what point were you like, what things were you trying to find? What, what were you planning to do when we had first connected, like to be able to end this? Like at what point were you in, in your journey of trying to find solutions? Yeah. So, um, I think like a month and a half before, um, I started your program, I had actually done another program, um, which was still going on. Um, so, and it was like six weeks in and I'm like, this isn't working for me. Um, and then, uh, the group that I, uh, did every Monday, the lady had recommended me to go to a trauma intensivist, um, in New York. That was like $14,000. Um, you know, it's all cash pay. And I was, um, seriously contemplating that I had scheduled uh, a consultation. Um, but I had, I think for like almost a year, um, in and out have watched your videos and, um, I had just loved your energy and the, your approach was different. And I think that is what really attracted me to it and that you were solution based, um, not about like all of this, you know, in counseling, we have to talk through everything and you can talk forever. But the bottom line is like, I need my food relationship to be you know, taking care of. Um, and I'll, and when we did the session, I'll never forget what you told me. You said, um, if you don't take this opportunity right now, um, things are just going to get worse. You guys had done the studies on that. And I was like, I want to be done with this. You know, I'm 32. I, I don't want to deal with this the rest of my life. Yeah. 
That's huge. So I'm so, so proud of you there. And I know like you're not alone in that feeling. There are, there's an, another amazing grad. I know that you know her, but another amazing grad who did 25 years of therapy. And she just told me, she's like, Lydia, there's nothing else to talk about. Like, <laughs> we're just talking about the same stuff. She's like, I've been doing this for 25 years. If it would have worked, it would have worked already because there's literally nothing else to talk about. And, you know, now she's free and she's done, you know, after we got to work together. But it's like just sort of that cycle of like, let's just keep on, you know, uncovering things. I know like that can be important in a lot of ways, but for like any an eating disorder, like it's so nice to just be able to be done. So on this side of things, like what, what are you, okay, what is the best thing about life now? Like, you know, a life of freedom, like, you know, being where you're at now, what is like your most favorite thing now? Um, I would say, first of all, definitely the mental freedom. Like I have so much time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great, you know, um, to do stuff and, and finding out um, what I like to do is just wonderful and not um, just being focused and obsessed with the food. Um, being able to work and be focused and in uh, relationships and in conversations to be present. Um, that's just so awesome when your brain is functioning correctly. Um, and also I was like so thrilled and surprised. Um, at the end of December, I had a period. Um, Yay! Yeah, it was a huge deal. Like it's just amazing when you just let go and yeah. It was just How long awesome. had it been? How long had it been since you'd had a regular period? Um, I hadn't had anything since February 2010, and I had a period in December of 2017. It's like so, eight years. Years, yeah. And I just had another one, so I've had two. Yay! <laughs> that yeah. is so so awesome. And just like, what difference has it made to just like have your body functioning how? how it should in like a natural way. Like how is just your hormones being in balance? Like, you know, what difference has it made to just have like your health back in that way? Um, I feel a lot more grounded. Um, I don't feel, I don't have all of these highs and lows, which you would get from binging anyways. You know, I would have these extreme lows and extreme highs. Um, and I feel like, like I said, my mental clarity is better. I can navigate um, situations that would have been more stressful um, with using the tools um, that you taught in your program, um, just being able to be more, I would say, even keeled. But, you know, still um, I'm outgoing and energetic, but just being able to navigate better. And I think it says a lot when your hormones are in balance that you um, just feel more like yourself and when, um, your weight is at an appropriate level. So having my body working correctly has really, really helped me, um, in the body image department as well. Um, because when I do have, uh, you know, once in a while I'll have restriction thoughts and I'll be like, no, I don't want to go back to that because my body wasn't working at all. Um, you know, and like going and getting different clothes and just all that, I can really embrace my body because I know I'm at a healthy level now. 
That's so beautiful. And that's not always an easy transition, you know, to be able to say, okay, like I'm ready to have the body that is my body, that isn't a manipulated body, that isn't a restricted body, that isn't a forced body, that isn't a body that's continually a struggle. Like just being able to relax into like getting to know you, right? Like it's another piece of that, which is so cool. What else for you is different now than it used to be? Um, I think, well, the exercise part for sure, because now I'm exercising because I want to feel good because I, I like enjoy the feeling of exercising, but I'm not intending like continuously see my exercise. Um, and I think also kind of like in retrospect, um, I think I believed a lot of what the culture, um, says that women should be, um, I think, you know, we talked about the counseling. I think a lot of my eating disorder was just kind of, you know, looking at magazines or just thinking that I had to be, you know, a size zero and look perfect and and have that perfectionistic um, lifestyle. Um, So I think a, a lot bigger of a change is just knowing that I do not have to have those standards and that I'm the best version of myself when I am healthy. Um, and not being engaged in that and not having these ridiculous expectations of what um, the culture says women should be. Yeah, that's a really big deal. It's a really big deal. That's so awesome. And I'm just, I'm celebrating with you. Like, you know, your story is so many women's stories, right? It's like we have these expectations put on us and they can just be, create so much misery. And it's amazing how much joy there is in just getting to know ourselves and like, that empowerment. It's really about that empowerment. So that is just so awesome. And for you, like, how has your relationship with food changed? Yeah. So my relationship with food, um, so one of the really big things that you always said is you can have whatever you want, um, whenever you want it, you know, as much as you want. And, um, when I first had started your program, I had, uh, not taken that, I think, to heart as much. Um, and it, it took me a while, which is okay. It just, um, took me longer than I had wanted, um, to be able to believe that. Um, but my relationship with food now is, you know, I don't like being uncomfortably full or binging, you know, like what you said, I used to, Oh, it's, it'd be so cool if I could binge every day. And now it's like, even if I want to overeat, you know, I'm like, well, that is not going to make me feel good. You know, um, I'm able to go to restaurants, you know, and not look up the menu before and just pick what I want, which is amazing. You know, um, not counting calories and, um, figuring out my hunger fullness signals and utilizing that is wonderful. And just, um, you know, Another thing is, you know, when I would go on trips or go places, I would always bring a lot of stuff, a lot of snacks and um, just being more free and just knowing that it's okay. There's always plenty of food. I'll always figure it out. And um, it's just, just that is a lot of mental freedom. Yeah, really neat. And I just want to bring awareness to how amazing it is and how freeing it is to literally have your desires change. Because I know that when you're in it, like, you know, when we're binging, when we're restricting, a lot of times the answer that we're looking for is just like, well, I know that I'll always want to binge, but I just have to find out a way not to. And sometimes it doesn't occur to people like, oh, I can literally have my desires change where I don't want to binge. 
Like if I had the opportunity, if there were no consequences, I still wouldn't want to because I just don't want to. Like you can literally have that freedom as in it's not a battle anymore. Like it's just not your preference. Like, no, I'd rather not because it doesn't feel good. Absolutely. And, you know, having so much time to, you know, hang out with friends or go do stuff what I want. I don't want to be, uh, you know, like have the food hangover in the morning, you know, cause I would, I, you know, tend to binge in the afternoon or at night and I don't want to feel terrible for the next day or two, you know, or, um, especially, you know, in my work, uh, you know, I have to stand and if I'm scrubbed for surgery, like I can't be, have binge the night before cause I'll be sick. Um, so that, and like you said, the desire does change. It's more about enjoying a meal with people and engaging in conversation and having fun than about eating perfectly. Yeah. That's, that's so awesome. And one thing I wanted to highlight, which I just love, just, you know, we all have an individual journey and I think it's really important to highlight like this, this thought, sometimes people have this idea of like, there's so much pressure, like, okay, like, you know, if, if I do this program or if I work with Lydia or whatever it is, whatever you're thinking of doing, a lot of times we have this pressure on ourselves of like, I'm going to do it. And if it doesn't work, like if it doesn't magically like click, then I'm doomed. And sometimes that will actually keep people from getting the help that they need because of the fear of what if it doesn't work. And then I'm really, really, really doomed. Right. So I would love to just hear it. Like your experience, like how did things like what, what we're doing, like in what I teach, it's a skill. It's literally a skill that you develop and you learn. And then it's the gift that keeps on giving. Like it just gets better and better because you continue to practice the skill. So like even after graduation, how did things get better for you, even when you weren't in the program anymore? Yeah. Um, so the skill that we learn, um, I had done obviously with the perfectionism, um, had compared myself to other women in the program, um, based on their successes, um, and was not letting my own freedom evolve in the way that it was supposed to. Um, and finally, when I surrendered that and just started trusting in the process, um, what is amazing about your program is it keeps on giving, um, kind of in a multitude of ways. And I did not find that in other areas that I have tried. Um, so I got out of the program, I think it was like around the holidays, which was a wonderful time for me to start practicing these skills. And I just remember, you know, at Christmas, just enjoying it and really engaging, like having really good conversation with my aunt. Um, and then obviously after Christmas, you know, I got my period Um, I had been on a couple trips and I had gotten a lot of um, compliments on how that I looked better, like in a healthy way. Um, and I think the food really um, got a lot more even keeled and was not uh, taking up so much mental space. Um, so I think everybody has a different timeline of that. Um, but it's wonderful that there's so many things that you can keep doing and keep evolving. And then you can use it in other areas of your life. Yeah, which is so cool. Would you be willing to share? Like, how have you applied these principles? Like, how have other parts of your life transformed because of sort of how you learned the skill in the way that you've become free with food? Yeah. So, um, first of all, like, I started dating, like, in December, which was Yay! awesome. Fun. 
Yeah, it's, it's fun, you know, but it can have a lot of ups and downs, you know. So I think using your skills um, has really helped me because I don't find myself worth, you know, in men. And I'm not going to – the desire to go binge eat, you know, if somebody rejects me is not there, um, which is awesome. Um, also in my life, just um, career-wise um, – I actually had gotten, you know, a job offer that was extremely poor. Um, and, or, and just, I think people pleasing is another thing that I've used your skills, um, kind of to reevaluate. I don't need to compromise my standards or anything like that because of what other people just to people please them. And then also in my relationships with my family and my friends, um, not only am I able to be more present, I don't, you know, overanalyze situations and just kind of let them happen and evolve. And if I have, you know, any negative thoughts about things, I use the skills um, and the tools that I've learned to let them go. That's beautiful. And that's the cool thing about like investing in skills for your brain because like we do everything from our brain, you know, it's like all of our thoughts come from that and everything we do and everything we feel comes from our thoughts. So literally knowing how to navigate your thoughts is something that just like, okay, well, I guess that'll just help everything. So that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And like, you know, your, your freedom and your transformation. I mean, like, of course, you know, like I care about you and I think you're wonderful. And so like on an individual level, like it just brings me such joy to just see how things have changed for you. But then also just like you as a, another story of freedom, like that is so good for the world. And thank you for sharing and being willing to just be you and be real because that's, that's the thing, the real stories. Like there are, there are people who will resonate with your story that will never resonate with mine because we're just, we're different people. We have different experiences. So just for, for any of you who just have the desire to like share your story or just be real and authentic with people, know like that's a wonderful, powerful thing for the world for us to feel open about things because shame and silence go hand in hand. So even just speaking your story, speaking your truth, being willing to share, even if it's just with one person, can be really powerful. And so Mary Beth, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Anything else on your mind that you feel you would like to, to add or like that we haven't touched on? It's just an important part of what you want to share today. Um, I think the last thing is just not to give up. Um, because like I said, I think I'm really grateful that I, the desire as I would do the programs that weren't working, the desire, um, to have that freedom grew stronger because, um, I knew if I kept searching that I could figure it out, you know? And so with your program, um, I know in another one of your videos, you had said, you know, what if this is the one thing that you the last thing that you want to do that's actually going to work. Um, and it's amazing because now my, my life is so different. I'm not searching anymore. I'm not, I'm not searching about calories. I'm not, I mean, I would search all the time about like binge eating disorder programs. I thought I was going to have to go inpatient. I mean, there was a lot of searching that I don't have to do anymore. 
That's so awesome. I know. It's like, we think we spend a lot of time with our binging disorder and we do and like our eating disorders, but then looking for solutions is like almost just as heavy as a problem. Like it takes so much time. So literally having your life back is like, oh, such a beautiful thing. And one thing that I just wanted to add to that is a lot of times we have this feeling even when we get free and freedom is a wonderful thing, but we have this feeling of like being upset with the things we've missed out on the money that we've spent, the time that, you know, we've put towards this, like, you know, the, the hurt on our health, like there are so many things that we can be upset about. And I think that your perspective is so important because yes, like we've missed out on a lot. It costs a lot. It hurts us. But all of those things that you did got you to the place where you found freedom. So going to that place of gratitude of like being grateful to your past self for continuing to look, being grateful for the things that haven't worked because they gave you more clarity. Like you said, drove that motivation to get free, to go to that place of gratitude is an important and comforting step because it gets you to where you need to go to get what you really want. Like if that's what you want, then keep searching and don't give up hope. And what an amazing message. Thank you, Mary Beth. That means so much. And congratulations. We are celebrating you. Such a cool thing. And so fun to see you again and just have you share your story. Anything else on your mind for today? No, thank you so much. I'm just so grateful for you and all the women um, in the program. And it's just wonderful. It keeps on giving. Yep. Amen. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing. And you guys, if you're in a place where you are searching, if know that there is help and support and hope for you, not just to like keep on figuring this out, but to like to be done with this, like that, that's what it's all about. So you can go to LydiaLifestyle.com slash session. That's LydiaLifestyle.com slash session. Did is that she's just like, Hey, I'll do a free session. And that's when we first got connected. And that's really to help you to get the clarity and to close the gap on where you're struggling, where you want to be in your freedom. So I would encourage you to do any of that that you feel inspired about. And this is Mary Beth and Lydia, the lifestyle coach signing off. Bye guys. Thanks for tuning in. If you felt a spark here and want to see how these principles can work in your own life, here is your next step pop over to lydialifestyle.com slash session. That's lydialifestyle.com slash session, where you can book a free session with our team. We'll give you a call and together find clarity on three things. One, the exact cycle you keep getting sucked into. Two, what isn't working with your approach. And three, what's missing to close the gap between food prison and food freedom. We have helped free hundreds of women all over the world from their food struggles. These are proven principles that work, no matter how long you've been stuck. This is Lydia, the Lifestyle Coach, signing off. Mwah!